Wooly bully, wooly bully, wooly bully, wooly bully, bully. Well, welcome everyone to welcome. episode three mm-hmm. of the Dear Life I'm In podcast. I am Lucian Crenshaw, but most people call me Lou. My and friends call me Lou. Yes, and mm-hmm. I am Chantel Dayton, and pretty much everybody calls me Chantel. <laughs> I don't really have like a shortened version of my name or... Because it wouldn't really work. Shan? Shan. Or Tell. Hey, Tell. Yeah. (laughs) Telly Tell. Telly Tell. No. None of that. Although the little kids call you Shanty. That's true. Auntie Shanty. Auntie Shanty. I am Shanty. So, uh, Auntie Shanty, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Well, uh, we're going to talk about bullies we're gonna talk about the bullies that are in your head that um that are between your ears the voices that the voices that are in your head um is what we will be talking about about mine (laughs) because we all have them but we could say the bully the critic Mm -hmm. um the opponent in your head Mm -hmm. i mean we could use a lot of different words for yeah the the lies in your head the track that plays over and over again in your head and like identifying really like where it came from and what it looks yeah. like and what yeah. it sounds like, what it looks like in your behavior and like your response to it, but then also what it sounds like and how to differentiate between like, is this really me or is this is this something that I could actually live without? Is it possible for my life to to continue to go on for me to like go through every day not hearing this voice that is telling me that I am less than or not enough or too much, um, too much, or yeah, all all the yeah. things that we hear that get in our way of our growth. Yeah, yeah. And so in our last episode, we sort of had a conversation about uh, perfectionism and stress and conflict and all sorts of like really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, that's like definitely a conversation that I'm really passionate about and so as we thought about you know the next episode I really wanted to hear um, your take on on this conversation because you are very passionate about it and you you have so many like great things to say about about these things and make them um, I think so tangible for people Mm -hmm. to to help them understand and to uh, be able to associate um, with them in a way that doesn't involve shame Mm mm-hmm and just being able to say like, hey, you know, here this is. Yeah. And That's good. Um, Thanks. So I'm I'm excited for us to talk about this because uh, I th- I think this is uh, one of your your great your great conversations. I think especially working with like little kids in karate and adults in karate and helping people be more disciplined and stand still and yeah, you know, learn learn to be be chill in the midst of chaos and i think mm-hmm. sometimes that might be the places where those those voices mm-hmm. uh, find themselves rearing their head in other places too but yeah yeah but mostly when you know we hear it's gonna sound so funny we when we hear the voices lou <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna sound so weird but it's true like when when you actually do hear if we could if we could get past um how odd that sounds like when we hear the voices in our head um but really those voices those people those 
when we start to like replay something that we heard when we were a kid or that when something was really difficult in our life um, and something came in, whether it be a memory or whether it be um, like an insecurity that actually had a voice, um, it usually isn't when you are sitting on the couch watching television or yeah. that you are picking up your kids from school or um, sitting down to, I mean, may, enjoy a meal, right? So there's, and it very well could be because obviously there's insecurities there could be in that too. Um, but it's normally has something to do when there is some type of stress that comes in. So when something yeah. gets difficult. And so we look at it and we're like, okay, if, if we start to look at our life and we have a plan to, or an idea of like, okay, we, we start to make choices that are for our best, whether they're difficult or not. Um, and so sometimes it's just, it's waking up earlier, going to bed later. And for some, that's not really difficult. You don't hear a bully when you're like, okay, I want to be, I want, I want to, um, to have a clearer mind during the day. So I, I need more rest. So maybe I should just go to bed earlier. So you make the decision to go to bed earlier. That's a change in your life that is for your best, but you might not be confronting a bully because it's not really stressful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not stressful to go to sleep a little earlier. Um, well, for I some people, I, for some people it might is, it might be. This is actually a conversation that you and I have had a few times of um I think sometimes when we value something that maybe other people don't, um we can feel not necessarily like there's these voices in my head, but there is that little bit of guilt that may come out where it's like, gosh, just stay up later, grandma. You know, mm -hmm. you don't need to go to bed right now. Like mm -hmm. you're so boring. Yeah. But then I can compile you're boring. You're not fun into a lot of other areas that end up being that. But I really do value sleep. And I actually probably about a year and a half ago had to realize I, uh, I actually feel a little bit guilty when I go to bed early. I know there's nothing wrong with it, but I feel like I'm not being fun. Mm -hmm. And Yes, yeah, so this is something that like is is very real. <laughs> it's in very your life real, right and now. sometimes it's not yeah. these big things, but they're these like little moments of um, of stuff. So, do you feel like it's do you feel like it's the same bully? Because we're so we're like we're we label these voices as bullies, right? And in camp, we talk about this because there are there's different sounds like bullies have different sounds. They have different tones. They have, um, you know, if we think about what's the, what's the name of that bully that you, that you think about, um, what's in that movie, that really big oh, redheaded yeah. chubby girl <laughs> yeah. who is the bully. What, what um, movie is that? What's her name? I think her name, her name's not Bertha. I was just going to say, is it, but Bertha? she's, um, if it's not, it should be. <laughs> yeah. It's from, it's in hope floats. Oh, um, right. what is her name? Uh, Gosh, Bird she's Bird Birdie. Bird Birdie. No, Birdie is, no, no, no. Birdie's the mom. Um, oh, okay. Gosh, what is her name? So for those of you that have seen Hope Floats, no, might yeah, know what we're talking about. Yeah, where the little girl with the glasses is like getting chased home and there's that big old girl, like big bone girl, big freckles, like bright red hair, bright red fire. curls. And she's like... <laughs> Yeah, she's that mouth like breather. Like down while she's a yeah, total mouth breather, even though I was just trying to do that breathing through my nose. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and she's like chasing her down after school and then she just like sits on her and beats mm -hmm. her up. And mm -hmm. I that is what I, I totally think about. Gosh, what is her name? Yeah. Well, uh, it'll well, come to me later. All yeah. of a sudden I'll be like, we'll have that to was Google her it. Name. <laughs> yeah. 
And so yeah. we we usually think of you know a, a bully that is that is somewhat like that where they come in and they're really aggressive and they're very abusive mm. and and but some people's bullies don't actually look abusive nor overweight or big or disgusting or yeah. you know like unusual but just like by appearance or by tone um, or a mouth breather. Some of you do not have <laughs> bullies that are mouth breathers. Um, and, but yet some of us do. And that's kind of the, it's kind of nice almost to have like a black and white of like, okay, this is what the bully looks like. But then some people have bullies that are a little bit more charismatic that, uh, that are like, they side with you. They like stand next to you and they point out everything that's wrong with all the things that are around you. Like, um, like if you are taking a workout class, uh, and the coach, um, or the, the even just what, what, whatever it is where there's an authority that is, that is asking you to do something that's difficult. The, the bully will tell you like, ah, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. So they try to discredit, um, and they try to justify, like discrediting, yeah. you know, what, whatever, whatever it is that they're asking you to do. And so they side with you almost and they, it's, it's that victim mentality. So yeah. it's that victim mindset. Did you find the name of the bully? I'm, I'm trying to look for oh. her on <laughs> She's Google, Googling but right now. I remember that it's like, re- it was really hard to find, uh, even a clip of it because I just kept I could totally see it and ah big Dolores ah Dolores that's <laughs> yeah. right big, big Dolores. Dolores yep yep that's who it was not little Dolores big, big Dolores. Dolores um yeah so what um I mean I'm sure there's more but we like in in camp we definitely talk about the three um sort of like main mm-hmm. like triangle of bullies mm-hmm. um and uh why don't you why don't you yeah. Talk to us. Yeah. Talk so to the, us about them. So the like the victim, which is the one I was just talking about, the 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 one that will like pull up next to you and and try to make you feel like you are on a team with them. Like the the victim the victim mindset. Like something is happening to you. Everything is happening to you. Um, the workout is happening to you. Uh, the coaches are doing things to you. Yeah. Um, and then not only that, but you are you're going to get hurt because of it. And so it's it puts you in a box where it's like these people don't have your best interest um, or even yourself. Sometimes it puts yourself against against that where, you know, if you are trying to do something and it's a little scary or a little hard, then the victim voice will say, um, you know, this is what are you doing to yourself? Yeah. Or, you know, this is this is what uh, it just it isn't it isn't cozy. It isn't it's ultimately keeping you from your best. Yeah. And so we've gotten to the point where we've realized that there that women after working with so many women that these are the voices that are really real like a victim a victim voice is very real um the persecutor which is like really disgusting and very belittling like uh you're too fat to do this you're too slow you're too old um and it just it becomes more of that like scornful uh you know just disgusting sound where it's you can never there yeah yeah there's shame like you can never do anything right you will always be like this you're never going to make a difference you're just not meant to be any better than what you are now and so and it sounds 
it's really sad. Yeah. Like it's it's really sad because it's very 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 verbally abusive, um, mm-hmm. and so it makes you feel less than because you just it's it's almost as if you weren't born to to do anything or be anything, mm-hmm. and so now your life is just it's just gonna suck because can you, you I suck. I can actually imagine um, like uh, thinking about people that truly believe that yeah like oh my gosh if you believe that can you please come to camp 17 because we would love to like yeah hold your hand while we kick your ass and show you that you have you know grand passion and purpose in life but i uh i just feel like that's one of one of the things that that is there's a lot of sad things that we see in the world um but one of those of people that don't feel like they have a purpose or um, they're not sure what they're passionate about uh, I just feel like is it's just it it feels like an injustice yeah it yeah. is because when you look at that it's keeping you from your best and so then therefore your best is being kept from the world mm. like people are missing out on you yeah yeah like I I miss I I am missing out one if this was from if this was me, I am missing out on experiencing the best of me. Mm. And in turn, if I'm if I'm missing out on that, then the world is missing out. And I think that there's like a there's a confusion of I have these these parts of me that are really good and then I have these parts of me that are really bad. And so the parts of me that are really good are meant to share with the world and the mm. parts of me that are really bad are meant to be hidden and and kept a secret or the parts of me that are where I fall short or where I'm not enough or where I'm too much those are those are on the outside of what is to really be enjoyed by the world as if you were like this meal you know where like people pick what what they want or that they can pick you apart but really if you present yourself as a whole and knowing that just the perfection, I mean, on the last, the last episode, we talked about perfection and what that looks like and how that keeps us from our best as well. Um, but it also puts us in a box. And so, but you can't share who you fully are when you put yourself in a box, but we put those voices help build the box. You know, those voices are the ones that are putting you in it. Yeah. And I think, um, I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about it, I was, listening and thinking which I probably wasn't listening very well but I was thinking and listening. You you multitask very well. Well we know what Carolyn Leaf has to say about that that we Mm. none of us really multitask very well. Multitasking. Mm, Milkshake multitasking. Another one that we would love to have on our podcast. Yes. Yes. Shout out girl. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Let's just give a shout out to everybody. Although did you see one of uh, one of the ladies that uh, listens to our podcast I think she lives in Norway or Norway, uh, Norway, Sweden, Sweden, Netherlands. I, I'm not sure where Somewhere she lives, yeah. but she uh, tagged Brene Brown for us in, I saw in the that. last one. I saw <laughs> I that. Like, oh, that was awesome. awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, but even the when we when we talk about perfectionism, uh, one of the uh, when I was doing a lot of research and uh, looking into what perfectionism is, um, knowing that this has definitely been a struggle. Uh, in my life. I'm also a three on the Enneagram. So that is like just, you know, wanting to 
wanting to make sure that I am presentable and I'm doing things well and achiever, right? And that I'm achieving things Mm -hmm. um, is that the perfectionist actually has a really high, um, a really high level of blame, but a very uh, low self-esteem. And so, which Mm. you can, obviously you can see when I'm, when I'm only trying to live from a place of doing everything right, uh, I want to do everything right. So it's, it's a little bit easier to blame. So even that victim, um, that victim voice, uh, has, has this undertone of blame Mm -hmm. that is attached, uh, with it as well, because somebody's doing something to me, Mm -hmm. um, or, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get hurt. And so then they're, they're going to do something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, it's, it's not always like that, but I definitely, when you were talking about the victim, uh, there was definitely that, that realization too, that the victim, um, does come, uh, it comes with a lot of, uh, you know, pity, which mm-hmm. we always, you always say, you know, pity, pity is a party of one pity is pity. For a party of one party of one. Like if you know people <laughs> that are constantly having pity parties, let them have it by themselves. Don't join their party mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're mm-hmm. not, you're not helping them. <laughs> yeah, no. You're just, you're just not. <laughs> um, and, uh, so even it seeing that, that play out and seeing how, how that can be so disruptive, mm-hmm. you know, because then when I am constantly a victim, I'm, I'm not taking a lot of responsibility and I'm putting the responsibility on other people that mm-hmm. it's not necessarily their, you know, their responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yeah. even the, you know, as, as you were even talking, just thinking the, like that something is happening to you yeah. and there is, there is definitely a place where people in life you can be like you have like I don't want to say like that you are a victim, but you can be a victim. Yes, you can have things that are done to you um, that are unfair, that yes, are absolutely. like and you look at abuse and you look at the and obviously working with women and you know that there is that there's a a place in everyone's story where it wasn't perfect it wasn't shiny it wasn't fair um, but what happens is our body will like absorb those things where then all of a sudden it is a life of defense you know and so now it's it's protecting yourself against these things and so you protect yourself against humans you protect yourself against workouts you protect yourself against everything and included with that is his struggle is intensity and so we we back off of of conversation or we move into it with a lit up fight inside of us because there's no way that I'm going to enter into a conversation with you that could end up turning heated and you still treat me with respect yeah and we could still like raise to a level of intensity in conversation and still maintain respect for one another and so if you think about it we are like we get offended really easily and you know I I remember even thinking that uh you know I was having a conversation with somebody a while back where I felt offended and when I felt offended I knew I didn't actually in the moment I didn't know I just knew I was feeling something and I felt upset that she didn't want to know more about my life Mm. and so I felt like my life didn't matter to her Mm. enough to ask me questions about it. And so in that I felt offended that she felt 
that she had the right to tell me what to do better. Mm. And so I was, and so my, my whole body responded with this and, but all in all, I look on the outside and it's as easy as, you know, really listening to my body and the way that it was responding to this stressful situation where then I felt like I needed to protect myself and my story and my life by explaining why I am where I am now yeah. in my struggle. Yeah. And, and so I feel like even as, as leaders, that's something that's really important to remember for those of you that are listening that um, obviously our moms or our, uh, our coaches, um, anybody really, I mean, if you really look at it, there's, there's different seasons of your life where you do lead people, whether it be children or other adults. Um, and those even just like men, like when you are leading your family and your children, or you are, you're at work, the same, the same goes for men, women, and kids. When you do feel that it's important to look at the other side and know that, you still do have control over the situation and how this person will not necessarily how they make you feel, but what to do with those feelings. And you can either understand how you're feeling or you can look towards it. But most of the time we don't, we become offended and then we lash out yeah. or then, totally withdraw. Yeah. 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 Or That's hide really and run good. away. Yeah. But real, I think it also just comes back to, the more that we understand our own story, the more we understand maybe how disconnected we are from from ourselves, whether it's our body, whether it's our heart, whether it's our mind. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that, like you were just saying, even some people are victims mm -hmm. and um, things happen to people that are not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. People do things that they're not supposed to do. And in that, our, our stories take on plot twists and our stories go a direction that they weren't you know planned for mm -hmm. um and even all the like things you say every good story has a plot twist every great story nobody wants to watch a story where they know the ending it's just not it's but we 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 think that we want to live our lives like that where we we want to know everything that's going to happen before we take the chance and but this is not what we're talking about. This is no, not the but it's, podcast. It's, 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 <laughs> we're moving in that and kind of in that direction. Imagine no, how, wait, but I want, but I want to come back to there's yeah. something that, that I think is really important in that, in that place of something happening to you and knowing like, oh my gosh, I have a full on victim mentality. I have this, this stuff and how much, uh, the things that have happened to us, trauma that has, has occurred and mm -hmm. even the bullies being becoming lies in our head. Like I want to go to bed, but I shouldn't go to bed because I won't be fun. And mm -hmm. if I'm not fun, then, you know, like those perpetuated things, which just sounds totally silly, but we all have, I mean, I've got plenty of other ones I could share as well, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but in that, what, um, what happens in our brains when, uh, when something does happen to us, there is, there is like a, a cycle, a, a process that happens that really starts to damage our, our brains. And, you know, when bad things do happen to us and we become a victim of a situation that is truly being a victim, not like I'm a victim of their workout because mm -hmm. that was really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, there's a cycle that our, that our brain takes that is so helpful and important to understand mm -hmm. that, like trauma affects the brain and it affects our our ability to reason and and to be logical and to uh you know it damages the 
the prefrontal cortex of our brain and that ability to to make decisions and socialize and mm-hmm. it is our personality and it helps us process information and things like that and when when those things happen the 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 trauma and the lie ends up really keeping us from loving ourselves and when we can't love ourselves very well we don't love other people very well and we also don't let other people love us very well Mm -hmm. and when we have this love impairment in life we start to forget who we are Mm -hmm. and our identity begins to erode and we're like I don't really know who I am anymore because I've been so identified by this this lie this trauma this situation that has ultimately damaged my brain I need to learn something new but I don't actually know how to Um, and then it's it's the beauty of starting to tell our stories and connect with people that we know that we can trust so that we can move through these things and start to realize like oh my gosh this is who I am Um, but something else that happens when love is impaired in our lives whether it's the connection to other people other people loving us or us being able to love ourselves is that rebellion starts to starts to creep in where we end up like not doing the things that we know that we need to do and doing things we know we shouldn't do Mm -hmm. you know like I always say this like how about just a little bit of ice cream instead of the whole pint of Ben and Jerry's Mm -hmm. like I want a glass of wine not the I don't need the whole bottle of wine Mm -hmm. or if I don't go to the gym today I'm just not going to go to the gym for the you know, the rest of the month or knowing like I need to go to the gym, but I'm not going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. So rebellion being those different areas that the more that we rebel and lose who we are and disconnect, disconnect ourselves from love because of the things that have happened to us. Look at me. I'm like talking in this graph that I see in my brain. You guys should see my hands are like moving around (laughs) this circle that I have (laughs) in my head. My hands are everywhere. Um, fear just continues to be inflamed Mm -hmm. and fear just continues to fester. And then we live out of a place of fear. And then we just continue this cycle. And, and when we can stop and be like, Whoa, Hey, Mm -hmm. that, that is, that is something that I have believed. And that is not true. That's not true. It's not, um, I'm getting excited. Just, yeah, it's just not true, but we need to learn to be able to identify those, those patterns and voices and, mm-hmm. um, and the damage that they're actually doing to, to us in our relationship with ourselves, but other people. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So when the, when we're talking about the, uh, obviously we've talked about the, the persecutor, right? The one that's just like just mean, mean like scornful that is that is like if you were to think of the 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 cookie cutter uh abusive voice that's mm-hmm. what it looks like yeah um so it's not abuse it, abuse comes in a, a lot of different forms but most of the time when you think about abuse it's just like blatant it is uh it's gross it's straightforward there's no there's no like lines of like ooh was that was that like, was that manipulative? Did I just hear manipulation? No, there's no question. <laughs> it's like, it's like saying like, oh, hey, your, your clothes are a little tight versus like, you got fat. <laughs> you know, like those, those two voices, like you got fat, that's a persecutor. Hey, your clothes are a little tighter. That's more like a gentle reminder, a gentle reminder <laughs> 
or a like a an I, I identifying like you know what's what's actually happening right and so there's a there's definitely a difference in the tone there um, but then there's also the so that's that's obviously the persecutor then we talked about the victim yeah. and then uh, then there's also the savior and so the savior is the most confusing one out of all of them I believe um, the savior is so is is just that they are saving you from humiliation they are saving you from uh they're saving you from doing something hard they're saving you from making a fool of yourself they're saving you from getting hurt they're saving you from struggle sweating they're saving you from <laughs> struggle they're saving you from having to uh take a shower after and like it's like this time like this it, it's it's very charismatic but also very uh they bring a lot of really like good like i don't want to say like they they bring like reality to the table, but it's also it's in, in reality in a way that is like unto not your best, mm. but it is to uh, not doing anything hard. Yeah. Um, because why not? You just need to live life with uh, just a little bit more slack, you know. Yeah. So why have there be tension? Why wake up uh, at six a.m. and so for example, like coming to the gym at six a.m. Right. You have a life that is filled. You have, let's say you're married and you have kids and you have a job. Right. So there's a schedule. Once the household wakes up, you know that there's a schedule that needs to be kept. Say your kids play baseball. Um, and let's say you also are involved in some type of activity um, outside of the house with your friends that you're still like these are these are things that are are reality for your average house like mother of the home. Right. And so when am I going to work out? I don't have time to work out. And so 6 a.m. is a time that you have found that fits your schedule. Like, okay, this works, and I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be great. Um, so the alarm clock goes off at uh, at 5 a.m., and the bully says, ooh, like, the bed is so cozy right now. <laughs> you could just stay in bed a little bit longer. You could wake up at 6 a.m., you can go downstairs and make yourself a cup of coffee. You can sit and read or journal or just have some time to yourself before the family wakes up, before the Sounds kids. Like a great idea. Oh, it's so cold outside. I bet your car is frozen. <laughs> I bet it's frozen. And so like it you won't would have to just, scrape the windows. You won't have to scrape your windows. You know, and then you can go in a little bit later. Then you could really cook yourself a really good breakfast, you know, because if you don't, I mean, it's all right. You can like go without breakfast like you but know this guy. Very no, I do. Well. I do. <laughs> it's like and then you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Now, what's confusing about it is that some of us. Some of us for our best actually need to sleep in like some of us need to stay home and be up in our own home, quiet, with nobody else up yet. But that voice is not going to come about if you're somebody no. that needs to stay in bed. There ain't no, no way that that's what's going to be like. That is not the sound no. of it. It's going to be shame. Yes, yeah. it will be. It will be shame. But it will. So you you look at that and it does. It sounds. It sounds so great. And so it it's an invitation to less. So the bullies, it are like with. With this one, with the savior, it is like a, 
Um, it's an invitation to less, but it sounds pretty great on that side too, right? And then you look at the other side of it and you look at the other bullies and it's like, no, they just want to keep you in your corner. Mm. They're just like poking at your chest, wanting to keep you there. No growth because you're not worth the growth because mm. you won't be and because you're going to fail anyway. So why why are you even going to try? Um, and so the, the, the scary part about identifying these bullies is sometimes when we hear them, they will sound like our fathers. They will sound like our mothers. They'll sound like grandparents. Teachers. They'll sound like siblings, teachers. Yeah. They can sound friends. like people that could social currently. Media, yeah. Social media. TV. TV. It could sound like people and things that are in our life right now. Or, you know, some of those things you could just shut off. Shut off the social media. Shut off the TV. Shut off these things. Shut off the radio. Those are things that you that you don't have necessarily a relationship with but some like your parents you have been they've they've helped cultivate your life and so that's like part of where you now are are acting from as a as a grown woman as a grown man you are you are now living from that space and so it's where what what have you like really been planted in you know like what kind of soil have you been planted in and so what does what does the fruit of that look like? Right. And so it's so um, like even with with you and going to bed earlier, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to be any fun where it's like, is that only when you go to bed earlier or is that in other areas of your life? No, it's like way, way more areas. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so you wouldn't think that something that simple would be that simple. You know, it's not simple, but it has roots. It has roots. It has arms and. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like all over the place. So then you're like, I need to get a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> What's the shovel, Lou? Oh, boy. Well, the shovel is awareness and truth and mm -hmm. like, oh, boy. Okay, let's let's go here and let's start offloading some of these things so that I can find what's actually buried mm. down there, which is what, yeah, Chantel? <laughs> yeah, so this brings us to um, even, you know, I wrote down some questions uh, with this, which is like, how do we how do we actually battle the bully? Like, how do we do this? Like, yes, there's identifying, identifying the bully, but then how do we battle the bully? And so what does a battle look like? Does a battle look like being just abrasive does it it looks like confrontation but who's actually confronting what is actually confronting these bullies in this voice what is what is going to help us propel or just propel us forward like move us out of this place of these habits and these things where it's like this is uh, this is what always happens this is this is how I always am this is how I always feel this is what you know and so we we so you're asking me that question uh kind of <laughs> kind of not really because <laughs> um, you it's we have to look at where where we're where we're starting this conversation from like who's actually moving forward why are you at the gym you're at the gym because you want to be better why do you want to be better? Right. So those are questions that you can ask. Or are you at the but, gym because you just want to look better? Mm -hmm, because you want to look better. Yeah. Because you want to feel better or because you feel like you have to. I think for most of us, we just need to start being nice to ourselves mm -hmm. and having compassion to say like, oh my gosh, I'm actually believing this about myself. Mm -hmm. That's probably not really true. And like having a little bit of compassion and understanding for 
who we are and where we've been and mm-hmm. why this continues to haunt us as it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings us too to like, what, what do you want? You know, like what, what do, what do you really want? Like, what do you want out of your life? And what do you want out of, yeah. What do you want out of your life? It's a really hard question. It is. And it's actually, I feel like it's a very confronting question and it can even be an extremely emotional question for a lot of people because, um, even, even myself, like asking like, what, what do I want? What do I need? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd shoot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then stopping and thinking, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I don't even know what I need. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my heart needs. I know I probably need food and water and exercise, but like, mm-hmm. what else do I, what else do I like is necessary for the thriving of my soul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you, you look at like, okay, so what, what do you want? and you say, I don't know, then what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like what, so what do you want? I don't know. Then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it, it brings you to a place where you really do look at your life and you're like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of, for a lot of women, they could probably tell you what they want for everyone around them mm-hmm. and what everyone else around them needs. But for for us as women to be able to, um, to stop and say, Oh my gosh, I, I don't even know what I need. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Or even like, so moms, I I use this example because obviously we work with a lot of women who, uh, aren't, we don't work with a lot of ladies who are younger. We work with ladies who are married, who have children. We work with obviously a lot of ladies who are single as well. Um, but when you do, you look at it and you're like, okay, I want, um, I want a, a better marriage. I want my kids to be healthy. I want my kids to be happy. I want them to be joyful. I want, right. So we want, like you said, we want these things for other people. Obviously wanting a better marriage is, is something that includes you It includes your participation It includes it includes that. And so knowing those that have been married and those that are married, you know that it's not easy. And you know that, so what happens when things aren't easy? What happens when things don't go according to plan? What happens when there's a massive bump in the road? Or if there's a huge pothole that, you know, like takes you out of commission for a while? And these are, these are topics that aren't like, okay, your husband didn't take the garbage out. No, your husband cheated on you or your husband now just confronted you with a five-year affair where it's like, those are the things that are, that are real life. It's not the little petty things like he, you know, didn't park in the garage or he forgot to lock the door or he forgot milk when he came home. And we're like, not saying that men are the only ones that do any of these yeah, things no, for all of you out there. No, just, listening. just yeah. obviously saying because we, we work with mainly women. So these are stories obviously that we hear where it's like when those things get hard, do we know how to stay in those things for our best? And when we are married to another human, it's not only for our best, but it's also for their best. But I think the thing that's important too, to think about is we can say like, Oh, well I want a better marriage, Mm -hmm. but that's a, that's a, that's a very large umbrella statement. Like what are, what are the small things? I was just talking to a client this morning 
and it was, you know, we were talking about some of this stuff and being able to like actually take apart that one statement into the deeper things that are there because we can say like, that's what it, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I, I need that. But then what, what do those things look like? Because then we actually have to start looking at things on a much deeper level. Mm -hmm. Like what does that, like I need to connect mm -hmm. with, like I need to connect with that person. I need mm -hmm. time. I, you know, the things that are more vulnerable than just, I want a better marriage, mm -hmm. you know, and being able to, um, to be able to look at the, the things on a much smaller level, but the smaller level feels um, feels a little bit scarier because it really identifies like what those things are and whether those needs can be met or not mm -hmm. or whether uh, d there's a desire for them to be met. Mm -hmm. Or even that, you know, you can, you know, your job as, as a mother or as a father is not to make your children happy, you know, but yet when you look at that, like, I just want my kids to be happy and how parents have this burden of just like making their kids happy. Yeah, but what does that look like? Yeah, what does that look yeah. like? But even then, like, is that your responsibility? No, it's not your responsibility. There's not there's not a responsibility in making sure that your kids are happy. Obviously, healthy, helping them learn. These things obviously are, you know, doing things that are joyful together. But what's the, the beauty about even just like what you said and even looking at the marriage where it is, it's like, okay, the direction, if you don't know what you want and you say like, I want a better marriage, that is a great starting point. Because not only that, but it, it gives you, you then verbally are saying you're identifying something that you want to get better. And so then, then it goes like, okay, it gives us a direction rather than like, I don't know what I want. I just want this because you, you actually have a, a role in that partnership. And so therefore you have action that can be taken. And most of the time it's in responsibility, right? But when we're talking about with another person, it looks, it looks completely different. But, you know, we look at this and we look at the, where this, when like a stress comes in, in relationship like that, and the bullies are bound to show up in that too. Yeah. You know, it, they're, they're bound to show up in the fact that your kids aren't happy. It's your fault. You know, your kids aren't happy. They, you need to do, you need to do whatever you need to do to make, make sure that they are, or your marriage isn't good. It's your fault. Or, your marriage isn't good. It's your husband's fault or your marriage isn't good. It's your wife's fault or you you're not getting a raise at work. Um, it's your fault. You're not working hard enough or, you know, so it's these these things that or it's their fault because they don't value me. And so rather than it being at like an engagement of like, wow, what can I actually do in this situation? What can I confront? What can I move into? But if the bully's voice is so loud, you're not even going to confront the bully at all. And so you won't even have the fuel to even take action where you need to take action in your life because it does, it keeps you, the bully keeps you from action. It keeps you from your best ultimately. And we look at it and you, you look at things that, I mean, we talk about the sled push all the time and what happens in the sled push when you're pushing a sled really, really fast and really hard and you start to doubt yourself and the bully then comes in, right? And so that's, obviously we use physical fitness as a great example of even the tension and the things that confront you in life where we can hear those bullies and then let's talk about them, huh. right? So there's like such, there's such a beautiful part in that. Um, but 
looking at like what you actually want is that desire, right? It's like what, okay, so like inside it, when we first started developing this, you know, you remember me sitting in front of you and I'm like, Lou, like with the bullies we've been talking about that are keeping things, keeping people from their best. It's, it's like the desire is like this little girl or like this, this little boy that's inside of us. This like little, little version of us, like whether it be when we were a young kid, when we felt like we could take on the world. And then these things started coming in, whether it be these external voices or these things that you just heard, like you were even saying, like now you look at with kids, you look at social media and something comes in on social media and bam, that's a seed that's planted. And then what does, what does that look like? You know, like, are we, it, it just, but we don't, we don't see those things right away because they just, they get planted and we don't see them until we get older where then all of a sudden we stop believing in so much of, you know, when we were kids, we thought we could fly and stop cars with our hand or like, you know, and obviously there's things that, that I, I, I just, I remember being, being a kid and thinking of all the things that I could do or all the things that I was going to do when I grew up. Um, and it didn't entail doing nothing. Or yeah. being not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I thought I was going to be so cool when I was younger. And so what what in seasons, like, actually kept me from moving in that same direction? Or where did those lies get planted? And it's not a matter of a journey of, like, go back and, like, find out where they all were planted and then you can get rid of them. It's in like really identifying the desire that's in your heart and in your mind for what you want for yourself out of life and then making a connection with that desire and saying like, okay, this is, this is where I'm going. This is what I want and strengthening that desire. And so when we identify it, then it's easy then to actually have something to stand on when those voices or those bullies come in, you know, because then we can say like, no even though, but you know, you talk about this, you talk about hope and faith a lot, you know, like I don't have to, uh, hope that you're going to be sitting in the chair in front of me right now, talking to me because you're here. Right. So hope entails things and faith in things that I can't see that aren't necessarily here right now. Right. And so it's you, you say that and you say it in a way when, when we talk to groups of women, that are like, well, yeah, no kidding. But yet we won't believe or have hope that we can make change or do things differently in like, so when we look at like addressing our desire and we say, this is what I want, but these things won't happen because this will never happen. But that's like, that's your belief, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, what does, what does that, what does that look like on a level? So like in, I'm not going to like, put you on the spot but kind of but what does that look like on a level of like you believing that you're not not fun and then giving yourself permission to go to sleep early because you know it's to your best you know yeah well I think it just takes it takes the time to you have to start digging into maybe the things that we just thought like oh well that stuff didn't matter or that didn't affect me like that's so that's so lame that was so long ago there's no reason that that should continue to bother me but you just watch yourself grow up with you know the same ideas they just sort of evolve um that that place of 
you know, maybe somebody told you that you were, I mean, who knows? I don't even know where that, where that is, but realizing like, well, I am still fun, even though I go to bed early because I really value my sleep. And I think that's super important. And, you know, even if you had somebody in like in life sitting in front of you being like, Lou, you're such a fuddy duddy. Like you're such an old lady, like I'm going to go to sleep so, so early. And even then, like you don't have to be like, yeah. hey, yeah. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It has I mean, nothing as much to do as it, with you. As much as it does, it's still that, you know, that place where, um, you know, because I like I'm a firstborn. I am a tried and true firstborn. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to I'm going to try to do everything right. and I'm going to make sure that I stay out of trouble and I'm going to be overly serious at times because who knows why? I don't know. <laughs> but it just like it it was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I like grew up fast and Mm -hmm. and and those those are those places but then there's those random little things you're like somebody probably never even said that to me but I can I can play that I can play that tape I can Mm -hmm. play that thing that and obviously this whole idea of like going to bed early is just it's it's so simple but I think it's really helpful because it can see how these like little things get into the fabric Mm -hmm. of of so many things sometimes it's just really loud but i think sometimes too uh, a lot of times the bully sounds like what we think our personality is Mm. like some people like well that's just my personality and you're like no i don't i don't think it is i think that's just how you've you know how you've created your personality to Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. um that's not necessarily who you are it's Mm -hmm. just become is become the safest, the safest thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's um, crazy. Like, as you said that, so if that's your personality, if that is who you believe yourself to be for sure with no, nothing on the outside, then why do you continue to try to get better? Yeah. You know, like why, if that is, if that's. Well, some people don't though. Yeah. They're like, this is just, this, this is just who I am. This is what you get. Yeah. And so like, this is. I say that you hear me say this often, then stop complaining. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If that's who you are, if that's who you are, if that's who you believe yourself to be, then just stop complaining. Yeah. You know? And so it's, but yet we'll complain and we want to be better, but we don't want to have any investment or any connection with ourselves being better. Yeah. But it does, as we know, take confrontation. It takes a little bit of conflict. You know, this is actually so awesome that you even uh, were willing to even say this, like with like the sleep, just like this little, little thing and how it does help with this. Because if, if you were to say like you just did, you know, like, you know, it's when I want to go to bed early, I'm seen as not fun or that's what I feel like. And then somebody says, you say, okay, I'm going to go to bed early. And somebody says, Hey, like, you know, Lou, you're, you're like, you're not any fun. You're, you're being a grandma. And then the best way to confront and battle those lies, that voice, even it being external and somebody else would be to say like, just as simple as, as I no, I'm not, or I'm going to bed. Right. So like, no, I'm not. I am. I'm just, I'm not a fuddy duddy. I'm not old. You don't even need to say that. I'm fun. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that's, that's a part where you like, don't even need to say it. You just be, Yeah, you just so like, but you have to believe it. Yeah. We, we will, we will be, we'll defend it if we don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Meaning like you can just believe it and be it. And, but sometimes we feel like we need to throw that in the air into the mix to let everybody else know. And to let you know that I'm not 
Well, all you need to do is just be to let me know that you're not. Yeah. And I need to, the more I'm connected with my own desires and my own needs, the more I can see those things and say like, mm, that's not, that's not, that's not actually even true. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not. And so would you, s- I mean, being aware is the first step, being able to see and be able to, to identify what those, what those lies, like what those lies are, what those sounds are, what those stories are, and then begin to become associated with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of the most important things is to, to acknowledge that they exist. Yeah. That's, that's the first step, like you're saying. And then, and that they're acknowledged that they happen, but acknowledge that they're actually, um, they're creating, they're creating turmoil in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're disconnecting us from some way, whether it's from ourselves or other people, but, but they're actually affecting what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a- acknowledging them and then to like acknowledging the desire and really what it is that you want, because if we don't know what we want and we don't know where we want to go, whether it be with fitness, whether it be w- with what we believe our calling to be, whether, uh, what we really want in, in in enjoyment, but then also because there is like the simple desires, but then there's also the things with like a crazy amount of traction that is like, is like, what are you here for? Like, why, why are you here? And what is keeping me from fully stepping into why I'm actually here on earth? Like, why am I alive? And if, if we look at those questions, those are, you're bound to have some battle you're bound to have some resistance and so are you is your body are you able to are you resilient enough to really look at at those things stand on them and say yes and fight not fight the bullies but really like just know who you are because you don't have to fight the bullies when you really know who you are yeah and and one of the best ways I think that um, one of the best ways that we you know love to help people with this is literally just putting them in situations where they find intensity, you Mm -hmm. know, put them in a workout that I'm going to expose you to the sound. If Mm -hmm. you're not sure what the sound was, because like you, like you say is excuses come when things get hard. Limitations are the reality that is like you, you start a workout or you start, you start a project or you start something that you know is going to be a little bit challenging and it might be uncomfortable. The limitation is like, Hey, I've got a knee replacement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not something that happens in the middle of a workout. Yeah. But excuses (laughs) come in the middle of the workout. Yes. Where all of a sudden all these things start coming up right when it starts to get hard and you're starting to panic and you want to run away. And so I think sometimes that is one of the best ways to expose, you know, what, if you're not sure what those sound like, like, Mm -hmm. is this my personality or is this, Mm -hmm. is this my bully? Is this an excuse or is this like, is this a, you know, Mm -hmm. is this a real thing? And then being, being able to be accustomed to them and then begin to answer, to begin to answer that voice with desire of like, no, I'm in this, I'm going to push the sled all Mm -hmm. the way down and I'm going to push the sled all the way back because I'm totally enough. I'm completely worth it. These are all excuses Mm -hmm. and I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden your heart is fueled by this desire to say like, 
there's more in me and this thing is not going mm-hmm. to continue to hinder me. But we have to be willing to put ourselves into situations that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Totally. And we have to we have to be willing to I just I saw this picture. It was actually kind of funny how like we have to like shake hands with ourselves, like our word, like with ourselves, like shake hands, meaning like, you know, I'm going to hold up my end of the deal. And you're going to hold up your end of the deal. Like there's there's this place where, you know, we'll say like, oh, yeah, OK, I'm going to um, the best way to do this is going to be to test it with doing something hard or doing some. This could be like reading a book um, in a certain amount of time. This could be uh, going on a jog. This could be as simple as, you know, just reversing a habit. Um, this could even look at like you can look at addiction. You can look at these things that are like, OK, this is unto my best. And so when something is unto your best and you agree and you believe that it is, then you're going to be willing and your best looks good. Like your best looks good. And you're going to be willing to do the hard things to get to it. Right. You're going to be willing instead of like, OK, I told uh, I, I, I told myself that I was going to read this book by the end of the week. But you know what? It doesn't really matter. But really, because you're not making that deal with anybody on the outside. So if I promise you something, I'm more more apt to keep my promises to you than I am to myself. Yeah. And so, but when we do like provide that tension of commitment, because really that's what it is. Commitment is tension. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I am saying that I'm going to be in this, even if it's fluffy or if it's really sour or if it gets real hard and stale, like... I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this not to endure it, but I'm in it for its best. And so that doesn't mean that you're just going to like become complacent and whatever happens, happens. But right? we also know last week when we were talking about it, um, that sometimes complacency fuels mm-hmm. the, the heart, heart of, of the that opponent critic and yeah. that, that bully where when I do, instead of moving in, you know, let's go back to the sled or let's, you know, get into something uncomfortable. If I start to back off, it, it's actually fuel for like, yeah, you probably should just slow down. Yeah. This is really hard. This is totally stupid. And so when we're willing to engage and we're willing to move in and we're willing to say like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give this all I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in this instead of pulling back into a place of complacency and saying like, mm, this feels this mm-hmm. feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like I like how this makes me feel because complacency at the heart of it is it's like a it's like a um oh my gosh what's the definition it's like a safe um it's like a safe or it's a it's a calming satisfaction um, in an ability or a situation that actually keeps us from um from working harder mm-hmm. basically yeah um and so we can kind of like pulled back and but then that that's not really what you want to do mm-hmm. your desire is not to be complacent totally I don't care who anybody is and what they yeah, say but no. your desire is not to be complacent but when desire takes over and is like I'm going for this desire can like shut it shuts that it shuts that voice down but when we settle into complacency that voice gets louder and louder so mm-hmm. confronting that with desire I think is so important mm-hmm. and doing something that is hard for me not yes. something that's hard for you. Yeah. Because if you and I are doing something together and you're like, hey, this workout's really hard, and I'm like, yeah, it is, but not really thinking that it is, then I feel better about myself by doing something that's hard yeah. for you. It could be difficult for me, but like, you know, it's hard if, if 
if you're like questioning whether or not you could do it. Yeah. You know, it, it's not like a matter of like, gosh, like, can I, can I, can I do that? Or can I, I don't know. I want to see. Right. And so then yeah. you move in and, but a lot of the times we'll look at it and we'll say like, okay, on a measure, on an external measure, this is hard for the majority of the people. This isn't hard for me. And so then you do it, you do it exceptionally well. And then what ends up happening is you look at it and I'm like, oh, I feel super great about myself or, you know, I, this is, this is awesome. But then really it wasn't that hard for you. Yeah, totally. Like it, yeah. doing things that are hard for you and yeah. see, and just see what happens. Yeah. So that's our, that's our challenge Yeah. to, to everybody who's listening is, um, really like even answer the question, like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want? What do you need? What do you need? And then do something hard. Yeah. And even, even I would say stepping in and you asked this uh, last week to a group of our, of our ladies, like what happened to that little girl that was desire? Mm-hmm. Like what happened to her? Where did she go? And what did she stop doing? Mm-hmm. And actually take time to answer those questions. It might be really emotional. It could be really challenging. Um, but it's a really, really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And then if you're like, Hey, I don't, I don't really know what to do. Well then just come join us for camp 17. And that's why, <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> totally. You know, because yeah. they, we also believe that this is, these aren't things that, that you are meant to do on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you? Yes. But they are so much more fruitful because then it does, it really does share like your struggle, believe it or not, when you struggle, it actually like it does something in the heart of other people. It yes. affects other people. Like yeah. your life is extremely important. Um, everything about it from your victories to your failures, your entire story, not just not just the sugar, but just everything in between um, the time when you were a little baby until now, your every chapter matters. Um, it matters not only to you, but it matters to the world. And yeah, so. And like you always say, you're significant whether you, you like, like it or, it or not. not. Yes. So thank you for joining us for Dear Life I'm In. If you want to uh, get a hold of us, you can email us at info at camp-17.com. You can find us on Facebook, Camp 17. You can visit our website, camp-17.com. You can find us on Instagram at camp.17. Um, you can, can find check out our you, YouTube. You can find Lou. Yes, Lucian Crenshaw, Crenshaw on Instagram. And then Chantel Dayton. Are you Dot Dayton? I think I'm Dot Dayton. Yeah. Dot Chantel Dayton. Dot Dayton. I should probably figure that out. Yeah. 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 Just, but yeah, you can find us there. There's only uh, one of me. Shoot us a message. <laughs> if you have any questions, uh, feel free to get a hold of us and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Yeah.